Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Very warm welcome, Gregory, to another show. Thank you so very much for inviting us once again, dear friend, Ian Jones. Thank you so Okay, you're very welcome. Um, I would like to start the show this evening with some questions first. Normally we do it the other way around. Um, so I thought yes. get the questions out of the way first and then um, we can see where we go from there, really. Um, somebody wrote in and they said that she um, is in a circle, I believe, in a healing group. And um, she was told that... Um, well, this is the question. She said, the healing group with which I work has tended to think that it's not right for us to venture into finding out um, now what is contained within our K-sheet records, i.e. that we should do our best to learn, love and advance ourselves on the earth plane in ignorance of the contents of those records. Would Gregory kindly comment on whether he feels it is our business to know the contents while we're here? and whether it is right or indeed advisable for us to know and act upon the record's contents. Well, my dear friend, I have to say first off at the outset, this uh, situation to do with the Akashic Records and the information you collect from it will depend entirely upon where the source is coming from. What's the source of uh, giving you the relevant Akashic Record information? As we always stipulate uh, within our own understanding and our own ways of practice, because they are coming from the highest and best, means to say that with the greatest respect, we always insist upon a, a client's full name and date of birth in order to access those Akashic records, because that in itself gives the person uh, gives us permission from that client uh, to gain their own personal access. As for uh, then, it means that uh, I understand that because other readers of uh, Akashic readings will so say uh, look in a person's aura to find their Akashic records or some such thing as that, nothing so uh, uh, manifests within the uh, the actual structure of the universe as it, uh, it intends at this present time. That means to say the Akashic records are not in your aura. They are held within the halls of learning within your soul group. So if a person is accessing something from your Akashic records but does not take these uh, findings, these stories or these uh, illuminations of your life journey, of all of the millions of years that you've ever existed uh, from the halls of learning and from your soul group, then it simply means that they're not reading from the Akashic records at all. So that's that part of the information to uh, bring across. The next situation is that there may well be others who uh, decide from the spirit world due to their own information, due to their own makeup, the situations, instances, and relativity as they have moved in through their own physical lives whilst on the earth plane, and now in the spirit world, lo and behold, they're still thinking in the same way. 
So oftentimes, many people put great store by what a spirit guide or a spirit, particularly in circle work and that kind of thing, will come through with. Oftentimes, it may be actually that the spirit worker. It's not actually the spirit worker's fault of about the information, but rather more so may be actually something to do with a person from the、uh, spirit group itself or from the circle itself. Perhaps someone from the physical side of life who has not had the development needed. That means that. Uh, the situation can be the causal effect of mind retention of information already past served and serviced by that person on the physical side of life. Therefore, meaning that they are simply regurgitating their own thoughts, and that it's not spirit at all. The other facet of it is, of course, that it is someone from the spirit world, but they're simply not of a trained group of developmental、uh, caucuses, which are based, as we are, within the scientific community. And in actual fact, our whole raft of information is purely based not upon matters of religion or theosophy or any other such manifestation, other than true fact. And implementation of the mechanics of the universe. In this respect, then, it means that there are a great many people who sadly fall short of what is really tantamount to a clear and concise channel. This is part of the reason, my dear friend, why it is that, in actual fact, when we embarked upon this, we insisted that our friend here, the instrument, not. Uh, that he was not allowed to read one book upon spiritual development, and not one book about any of the histories of spirituality or of, of religious understanding. Purely and simply, we had to have someone who was not tainted within the mind. Therefore. Can leach information into something that of the spirit contact or. To leech something of the intimation of the mind that, in a sense, serves to、uh, correct itself, and therefore, then sometimes, for example, you would say that people of one thought or form of、uh, how they regard the physical life or the transition of physical life into the spirit world or whatever it is that it comes from the manifestation of the mind or the books they've read. Not necessarily by the spirit guide, although they may well cite these as being、uh, the actual recordings and the actual implementation of the works involved. So oftentimes it will be that, in fact, the uh, uh, spirit uh, workers involved in this don't actually have any hand in it whatsoever. So I hope you understand that. So with the the aura as well, when when people are working psychically. Yes.、Um, what's the difference between the information they bring out about your possible future、uh, or potential future、um, stuff they pick out from your past? Yes.、Um, compared to the Akashic records,、uh, it does nothing to compare to the Akashic records, friend. Yeah. Absolutely nothing whatsoever. When you are using a psychic link,、uh, maybe, or actually reading someone's aura, matters of the future are. Only present in to do with the intimation of your of a person's energy.
don't forget that the auric field is really a representation not just of uh, the way that you are feeling now as a physical being and how you're reacting to your environment, thoughts and consequences, images and all of the rest of the stuff that you brought into your mind, but is actually also to do with the way in which you have summoned thoughts or that you have brought about thoughts, created them within your own personal life space. And in actual fact, oftentimes what is read into the registry of the auric field is much of do more about how you are feeling and certainly nothing to do with the Akashic record. The Akashic record access is purely and simply by the method I've just described. It does not come from the auric field. That is a different part of your own cellular memory and your own actual genetic memory that a person may be reading from. So that means your own personal interactions and your cell memories interactions with the physical life journey. Don't forget that these are only emotionally based and are not in real time. Therefore, much of it is a do about interpretation from the mind of the psychic involved in doing that work. It is nothing to do with spirit. So, so a lot of it is picking up the images and the, and the feelings and trying to put it into a picture. But obviously that picture is being generated through the lens of the psychic, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Absolutely so, my dear Fendian. Quite true, yes. So actually this is amazing because um, question number two leads perfectly onto the question number one. And, yeah. and the person was, was asking, what does it mean when a person sees certain colours and the person becomes one with the colours in a trance-like state. Yes. Now, the colour situation is simply, it's very easy to explain. The colour situation, when a person, shall we say then, is in a meditative state, and they are moving through a various colour symmetry within, uh, when they, they close their eyes, so it's like colours on the backs of their eyelids, and then in actual fact, what's happening is that they're drifting in further and further into the echoes of that, of their own consciousness. And what they're then revealed within that area of consciousness is like a wave upon wave of different color symmetries as they move through. And that's exactly what they're doing. Their spirit is using this situation of collectivity that person is creating through the love gifts that person actually ensues within their physical body and their mind journey experience, what they're doing is they are creating this and their spirit is taking hand in glove with their consciousness and leading them through to their spirit self. So what a person is actually seeing are the colors of their spirit. Certain colors um, associated with the chakras, aren't they? As well. That is true to a certain point, yes, of course, it's to do with the energy balances of certain parts of the physical body. However, you may address one with another. Uh, for example, you may bring about a, a certain deeper or a greater sense of healing within perhaps the more uh, instinctive part of self within the lower chakras and simply bring about a, a sense of healing within that moment. If you need to do that, you may connect with the throat chakra, uh, which is, of course, blue, and that in actual fact, you can turn it into a different form of blend of color 
where, by evoking different energies within yourself, perhaps to do with your love in, in initially as a creative force, this may bring about in order to serve to perhaps connect your voice with a higher part of yourself. So it means like as though when you are actually then connecting with that aspect of yourself through inspirational speaking then, uh, after you after the event of connecting with that aspect means to say that through inspirational speaking you would be able to be that much more fluent that more relaxed and enabled to actually be much more uh, through fluidity um, a kind of real sense of awareness and understanding through that communication experience could wearing different colors also um, sort of enhance a chakra so if if the, you know going down the route of communication could wearing blue help communication um, it has been said that that is the case i would not say or decide my dear friend that people on in the main should then cite a color in order to control an emotional field or in order to control a giving aspect in that way it's not so uh, so tight so uh, glibly put really it's in a sense more what I'm stressing here is more like an experiment that you unleash upon yourself to enable you to enhance those beauties that you already have as gifts of spirit how do you know then that you have them if you haven't tried them well my point really is succinctly this so I would suggest friend that for example, as a way of, uh, not of lecture, but as a way of bringing about a kind of a teaching experience, it should be, for example, that within a spirit circle group, perhaps a group work would be that you would have, shall we say, that you have a circle group of 10 or 12 people, and that what you do is that the circle leader conducts an experiment whereby you sit within this improvisation of energy if you like so that each circle member is creating the blue for their their throat chakra and also their loving energy as well coming from other parts of their domain if you like so they're encouraging themselves to uh, correct this awareness and remain in balance and harmony throughout of it, uh, not to be in fear of it or anything like that, but to actually immerse themselves within that energy. And simply then what would happen would be that uh, the circle leader would then perhaps uh, ask one person to stand up and do it in, in synchronicity, of course, so that one person would stand up uh, within the circle uh, after having meditated in this way and simply by saying one word would ask that person to speak for two minutes on that one word and then go around the entire group so that they all experience both the flow of energy, the creative buildup of the energy, the way that their spirit and their consciousness creative activity is uh, emulsified if you like within the pages and uh, the whole uh, demonstration of their own spirit energy. And it enables them to connect with the whole vocabulary of communication as well as the whole essence of their motivation. I mean, also with, with the aura, um, we, we've got technology on the earth plane, um, aura machines or biofeedback machines that yes. photograph the colors of the aura. I suppose, how accurate are they in your, in your opinion? Well, my dear friend, I would have to say that it tends to be 
a matter, it's not that they're always going to be accurate, purely and simply because some people actually are quite, uh, in a sense, uh, closeted mediums. So that means that they are actually rather reluctant, perhaps. Uh, it may well be that their energy is not that forthcoming on that particular day. That doesn't mean to say then that their clouded disappointment and their downturned uh, uh, smiles simply mean that they have failed the test yet again or something like that. It, it's not that way at all. And um, uh, it generally, in the main, if a person is very upright and uh, is very exuberant about their energy, then maybe that will be something that will be determined, determined within the auric photograph. However, the situation is more like a kaleidoscope of rather than being absolutely accurate. Uh, I understand many things are read into the aura photographs of people, uh, particularly, oh, well, yes, this person looks really ill there and you can tell by this murky color or whatever. But actually, that may not be the case. It may be simply, purely, a phase that they're moving through. Or maybe something to do with their own mind retention of events and situations they've witnessed around in their life journey, not actually something that's pertaining to them themselves. So therefore, sometimes these kind of symptoms that people oftentimes uh, will point out as being, ah, yes, you see, I'm telling you that you have this or that disease or whatever, is complete heresy. You have to be careful. Okay. Right. Another question. We, we kind of covered this before. I, I can't honestly remember what you, you said on this. Um, I thought right. <laughs> someone was just asking about Darje Vu. I believe we've been here before, friend. Figuratively and actually, yes, quite so. Uh, the reason for this are manyfold. That this is the point, really, that uh, many human beings, because of their lack of understanding of the laws of proximity, simply think that the acts of deja vu have to be always recordable or always going to be something to do with the actual. Uh, uh, perhaps aligned to certain religious philosophies or theocracies or something like that. Deja vu, the act of understanding or thinking or realization that you have been in this place, this time, this moment, at some other point in life, like repeated experiences, can at times come from situations, conditions to do with your cellular memory. Cellular memory has a great deal to live up to, and it does, absolutely. It does it perfectly through genetics. So that means to say that you are your father's son or you are your grandfather's father's son. The point is that all of this energy and all of their beingness within the physical life experience and their joys and their situations, their tribulations within life are echoed as a part of your cell memory. They uh, move right back through your ancestry. So there are other times and other moments when you have similar circumstances, and I'm not talking here about dipping into the timeline, not just yet, but these are other circumstances of which you have remembered or that you have gone through within this cellular structure memory. There are other issues at work here too, if not that, if that is not one of the actual mechanical causes of you having this kind of memory, remember that 
you are all, and I mean every single one of you are all a part of the same family in the structured sense of the biomechanics of the physical world. So that means to say that all your thoughts eventually will be shared. All of your thoughts and memories of the past ancestry are also all shared. So that means to say that oftentimes when a person's mind, when you have these elapses of it's almost like a split second scenario or situation will come about even when you visit a town or a city or a place that you've never ever been to before ever in your physical life. It's like you remember walking down this street in this certain way and may actually adopt a certain kind of a situation attitude that is not a part of your character attitude. These are all symptoms of cell memory uh, repetition that comes through the model of the biology of the physical state. Now there are other methods also of you having recall memory to do with the, uh, the, the whole aspect of being a physical species. And don't forget friends that all of this also comes through such things as if you were fortunate enough uh, to have a heart from someone else, or rather unlucky enough to have a disease that warranted you to have a heart from someone else, then in this respect, you would have a part of their memory, and their memory can become transferred into yours via your blood, your cells, your white uh, blood cells, uh, many other facets of this uh, moving back to and fro from one form of genetics to another. Also, uh, the next model to look at is actually to do with your spirit and the way that your spirit is able to dip in various timelines to actually access other people's information who are also having a physical life and also others who have not yet had a physical life as well as those who have and are now departed to our side of life. So that means to say that at various times, at various junctions, you may have illuminations coming through from other people, from other walks of life, or from past histories where you have actually accessed the same place at the same time. Because hmm. when I was younger, me and my brother went to a place, and a town we've never been to before, and we both felt as if we'd been there before. And yes, it was overpowering the sense, the smell, the taste, yes, the feeling, absolutely. everything. Really strange. Yes, but that's how, that's how it can come through on both a cellular level, so you would experience all the smells and tastes and everything. So it's actually structurally and chemically ingrained within your cell structure. And then there's obviously the other scenario where everything's happening in front of you, but for those two seconds, you feel as if you've done those two seconds before. Yes. I understand that. Sometimes human beings do dip into a timeline and that it can be that it's like a fractured timeline. So that what actually happens is that at the time that you're going through the process, time yourself for yourself in your actual physical body slows. But what happens is that the magnification of the timeline from previous past or other presents mean that you also have a sense and feeling of you catching up with yourself. It's part of the time elapse situation that happens purely and simply because of the law of proximity, which actually dictates that when you're within a physical life presence, that 
it's actually very difficult for a physical being to relate to other presences, time orientation, or other elapses within uh, the situation, should we say, of the ether world or ether world memory or genetic or cellular memory or ancestral memory that enable you to dip in and out of different presence. And it's purely and simply because of the law of proximity that when you're a physical being, you don't understand how you are able to do that. And it's simply a matter of simply you let go. And that's all that you do. You let go of physical time and that's when these moments happen to you. You don't necessarily realize that you are doing this, that you're bringing this about. Mm. But that in actual fact, what happens is it's simply that you're giving of the moment. And that's what being in the pure state of being is really like. So are there many timelines um, for many decisions that one might take? They're all it's, happening together, but we're only aware of the one that we choose. But there's other. So in a sense, I mean, I don't know how the best way to articulate this, but I mean, not that there's many me's, but are there kind of in the recording somewhere, kind of many potentials, timelines that all existing at the same time? Yes, there are many potentials, absolutely, because they all hinge upon what decision basis you make. How you arrive at one decision or another will affect many different other sequences of an events, not necessarily timelines, because they're actually quite rigid. They're all uh, manipulated about ma matters of matter and antimatter. So, for example, when you are looking at the threshold of your vibration index, it may be that between uh, two, 200 or uh, 600 cycles per second, that as you manifest yourself within the the uh, aspect of uh, physical time within the vibration of Earth, that actually there's another aspect of yourself vibrating at a much different rate. Of course it is, because it's linked more strongly to your spirit. So that means to say your upper consciousness is vibrating at a much faster rate than perhaps another part of your instinctive behavior process, which is um, at a completely uh, opposing rate, in a sense, so that you latch upon all of the manifestations of the physical earth in order for you to uh, lift you out of problems, to lift you out of unforeseen circumstances. Hmm. So there must there must be time travellers from the future, right, that have been able to go back in time. I understand that there have been a few. Friends. Yeah. So obviously that's possible, right? So if 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 a being from the far distant future went back into time they would obviously, I imagine, they would land on a completely different timeline than the one they came from. Because otherwise you would get a kind of paradox happen. Yes, that is quite true. And also, of course, it would depend uh, really upon the position. I would have to say that it's not that these kind of issues are policed as such, but it's actually extremely difficult for a being, for any being from one future place or from one timeline one instance in reality, let's say, in physical reality, there, there we are again. We're moving again into the rigidity of the laws of proximity and how actually when you're not within the physical land registry or the physical state of it, that the laws of proximity simply evaporate. And that's my point, really. So that in a sense, when it's easy enough being a being uh, in the spirit world in the future time because you can look back at all of the other time whens 
for example, when we are dealing with uh, many questions now. We are looking back into Earth's history or a human being's history or a, an ancestral history to see and how the uh, process of world uh, domination of that ancestry or the march of it, the march of that tribal succession enabled that ancestry to continue to flourish within the physical life. We can also see, of course, how many others did not. Hmm. The point is that I'm making here is that in doing so, we don't interfere with the past. No. We don't interfere with past situations or histories, even though I understand that some people will equate this and make the manifestation uh, that they have been able to do that. But uh, my point really is that generally it's not a situation that is known. It's not a situation of behavior that is orchestrated or created by the spirit world or created by any, um, anyone else apart from certain situations or culminations of energy event or hostility of extreme intensity that enable uh, the flourishing of some situation from the ether world to partake in that event to change its life effects. So just for argument's sake, this is just completely hypothetical, um, just just because I'm just intrigued to hear your answer really, but yes. if um, there was a kind of energy from the future that had that ability, or even in the present moment, and yes. went back say 10 years, Yes. Um, and then obviously uh, met me 10 years ago when I was a younger person yes. and they did something to me that would change my course quite drastically. Yes. Would there now become kind of two me's in a sense? That's an interesting point that you make, my dear friend, and that's why I was really erring in great caution here uh, in saying and insisting, in fact, that there are. it's a very seldom situation that beings from the ether world will in any way initiate or create a detached situation that then once history is made will serve to unseat that moment in history even if it means saving hundreds of thousands of lives of the physical state if that destruction has already taken place it cannot unwen it it cannot uh, renew it, rejuvenate it, or move it back past that period of time so as to avert the destruction in the first place. So another, another intriguing question as well is that when a spirit incarnates into human form, into the timeline that I'm in now, yes. is it also possible for spirit to incarnate into different time periods? Or does it always have to be in this now, this now, 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 now? Do, do you yes. see where I'm going with that? Now in which you are registered, yes. Mm. Because it happens at the point of inception. That is when the etheric bead of the spirit moves tentatively to alignment and contact to the fetus at the point of inception through the place that later becomes the solar plexus. So, you know, there's, there's so many things that come up from obviously time travel in the future that if there yeah. are beings from the future that can come in, like maybe they're not actually from the future, maybe they're just multidimensional and coming in from a different dimension. Yes, absolutely so, quite so. That, that for example, is part of the situation that uh, there are other beings from 
uh, ultra-terrestrial reality. That means that they come from a different dimensional state of reality. Therefore, they don't have to travel anywhere. They simply materialize. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, but uh, however, that is a can often be seen as a somewhat romantic notion of alien superiority or some such thing as that. But my point really here is that human physical beings and their consciousness journey are able to do that when they uh, have out-of-body, genuine out-of-body experiences or when they are journeying with their spirit to another event when reality. Yeah, okay. All right, so just going to squeeze a few more questions in and then we'll see where we're heading. Um, right, someone wanted to know, they said, um, I often get cold parts around my body, I top of my arms, back and legs, um, back of the neck. How do you differentiate between good spirits to not so good spirits? And yes. then... Move, just just quickly move on as well. She says that I have some not so nice experiences, and while mop, whilst mopping the floor last night, I had someone try to jug my uh, tug my jumper uh, many times while sleeping. Also, um, yes, a lot of the times feels very tired and probably yes. feels under attack. I guess. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So how do you differentiate between? Is it you know when you feel cold? Is that always a negative spirit? No, no, it isn't. It is not always a negative spirit. Sometimes people during healing, I understand, on the physical side of life, will experience both heat and cold at similar times or at opportune moments or perhaps at disparate moments when uh, the situation might, might actually change from one of heat to intense cold, uh, actually, um, at the same time as feeling more than one pair of hands. So, or experiencing one more than one pair of hands, uh, not just on the body surface, but uh, almost seemingly to break through the body surface. My point here really is that that's one situation. It's in a healing situation, so that it should not be the registry of a negative entity. However, that can come about. I do not dismiss it, unlike uh, the fact of that many mediums uh, have decided upon themselves that there is no such thing as negative entities or energies um, for understanding beknownst only to them. My point really in this respect is that for uh, you, my dear friend, as a person, if you are experiencing any form of interference, unwarranted interference, and that when you ask them to stop, they do not, then the situation is that there are negative energies around you and you need to take steps. These can be um, situations of which you, it may take a while to rid of such an experience. Yeah, because I guess that comes down to the golden rule, isn't it? That positive beings will not take your free will away. Um, That's and, right. And they won't come and interfere. So if anything yeah. comes in to interfere and then you ask them to stop and they continue, yes. then that's the same as a, as a cheeky or manipulative or, you know, someone in the human form that's causing problems, isn't it? Yes, and it can be actually also thought forms coming from someone else. It I can see. be illuminations of the mind, someone else's mind intention upon you. It may not necessarily be a spirit as such, although such manipulations and such uh, sensations and situations 
can then attract negative energies to you. The point is that just because these happens, these events happen, doesn't mean to say that you're automatically thinking of negative thoughts. And it doesn't mean to say that just because these events happen, that you are a negative being or that you've somehow attracted these negative thoughts to you. Oftentimes, it might be happening to a completely innocent person. Hmm. Yeah, because because there's obviously a lot of um, teachings that have come around recently that um, you basically attract what you think. So if you that's not if you, necessarily true, right? Okay. Yeah, because I guess that that a lot of people um, can hide behind that, can't they, and feel that they're completely safe. Um, absolutely. Might, might be a little bit naive, I guess. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Very much naive. My point here is that we actually had to deal with, once upon a time, a lady who was blind and deaf and a devout Christian and also a devout uh, Buddhist as well, I believe. And yet she was molested for 10 years, did not create any of this incitement herself, but was actually beset upon. And there were a team of people from your side of life who were investigating this lady and trying to help her, and she was being raped in front of them. And they could do nothing about it. So why did you ever get to the bottom of why they were attracted to her? Not that she attracted to them. To her, sorry, she you know. was defenseless. But what, what do they get out of that? Do they get, do they, do they get off on the fear that's being generated yes. by it? Yes, absolutely so, yes. Correct. And then that gives them power to... What, yes, what, what to kind of... imitate others. They, right. they then become more powerful. So then they're, they're able to kind of um, manipulate physical reality more, move things around, make... Yes, that... yes, absolutely. But more than that, my dear friend Ian, that they're able then to manifest themselves in other ways in other people's lives and destroy other people's uh, sacredness, do you see? Yes, absolutely, yeah. All is as it seems. It's not all roses and light, I have to say. The universe is a difficult place. Yes, you can do everything that you can within your power to make everything right. That means the thoughts, feelings and everything, all of your attitude, the situation that you manifest within your physical life needs to be of its optimal state. Otherwise, different, it can become that uh, even within the best will of the world and you do achieve all of this, it is still possible for these situations to happen. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a lion or a shark. You, you know, if you're naive and just believe that they're not going to harm you because your loving person, um, then obviously they might attack you anyway. But um, is, is having respect and honouring the power that something might have? Yes, that is true to a point. However, I am saying here categorically that the uh, energies of some beings in the spirit world, and that doesn't mean to say that they're astral, uh, they're attached to the astral layer or they're darker or deeper beings who could never ascend to the light. There are many usurpers. There are many beings who have multifaceted personalities who are able, in fact, to render their energy in many different guises. And that simply means then uh, it's part of the reason why we are so uh, uh, 
absolutely outraged by the thought of a toy shop group selling Ouija boards uh, of any of this as like it's a game. Life is not a game. So that's what I understand is that why does a board invite them in? What is, is it more the intention around the board? It's kind of yes. being open and just saying, yes. is anybody? And those horrible yes. words. Is also. Yes, yes, absolutely. So that's right. Quite right. And even those who are most practiced at the arts and sacredness of spirit interactivity can be duped, can be drawn into matters of extreme urgency, matters of extreme deprivation. This kind of leads on to another question that um, one of the people yes. wrote in about, and that was that children were asking, um, you know, they, as much as they love the thought of their spirits and family are passed over being present and looking out for them they were worried about their privacy and wanted to know whether spirits honored their privacy absolutely yes quite so well your doorkeeper who always walks with you is actually very much always acknowledging the privacy of what you want to do within your own behavior and with matters of your bodily functions, however they are carried out, and however that which you profess and wish to keep honoured within your own uh, opinion is something of a matter for you. Does that mean to say that it's all going to come out in the wash in the spirit world once you return to our side of life? Well, some of it will if it's pertinent, if it's a matter for learning for others, if it's a matter that in fact helps others within their journey. And obviously it has to be within the agreeance of the spirit traveler now returned from their physical journey. So it's not to say that all of this is just kept private and, and swept under the carpet because that could then be treated as any thought or any situation, any rendition of mind interpretation that you have in the physical side of life could quite simply be uh, brought under the same umbrella. So we have to understand that within the situation of energy from our side of life, it is generally thought that matters of self-discipline, matters of private functions of the physical body are really a matter for that physical being's journey and not a matter for the spirit world. So I guess with um, what they want to know is that obviously, you know, could their relatives come in and see them in the bath, you know, stuff like that or showering? Hello? I'm sorry, my dear friend. Cut out. Oh, sorry, I do apologise. I guess what they're asking is that, you know, could their relatives have passed over come in and see them having a bath or a shower you know yes i understand I, I understand now let me just say this once and for all because i know that there are sometimes children who are actually quite frit of situations of past relatives or situations perhaps where a relative they have known had actually molested them and then passed so part of the situation of my answer to this is that Within the condition of physical life, when a person is in physical state and, shall we say, they have an uncle or an aunt or someone from their ancestral family connected to them, what 
situations arrive with them when they're in private moments, such as having a bath, a shower or something like that, that they are private and they are kept that way. Because how is that happening? Purely and simply because of their energy and the difference in energy of someone from their ancestral group. It's not something that you have, that they have access to you at all times. It doesn't work like that. It's uh, oftentimes that ancestral uh, uh, memories of loved ones, shall we say, from, and I use the term loosely, uh, from the spirit world, uh, that loved ones from your ancestral group actually have uh, understanding of some of the things that you do, but not all of them. Not everything is brought into the mix of that. And th the other situation that I have to answer here is that when a person is an abuser from the physical reality and they pass, that doesn't mean to say that the people that they have abused or anyone else for that matter is then going to be abused once they return to the spirit world. It simply doesn't happen like that because it's a matter for the being who was abused as to when they are allowing that loved one from their ancestral melody and also from their own mind journey and their own physical journey to be accepted back into their life. They have to make recompense and reconciliation for what they did. So there is no chance that that person would be able to uh, interact with that uh, being again until that being decides that access can be given. Hmm. Okay. I hope you understand that. Yeah, that's a very reassuring, isn't it, for people? Uh, I think we've just got one. I think we've got one more. Uh, question we can throw in here um, one person just wrote on on the site that um, she feels that she's got five spirits living with her, she can feel them um, That she thinks they might be connected to her husband because whenever she says something out of line she gets prodded <laughs> apparently um, but I think they're looking to move house and um, every time they try and get someone to come around to view it um, it's like they, they won't allow it to happen it's like they've been blocked won't be allowed, they're not being allowed to move by these spirits and she just wondered whether there's a vortex in the house. I wouldn't say that. I would say that they are uh, dealing with mischief here and they need to uh, take steps to deal with it. It's kind of very similar to the previous question in, in that sense then, isn't it? Yes, yes, quite so, absolutely so. And it, it may well be, hopefully, that the situation is only happening within the house, within the boundaries of the house. That means then it's part of the fabric or that it's something that is that they're dealing with themselves as issues themselves. That doesn't mean to say that it's just a mind game. It means to say that it's actually part of the registry of what's happened around them or some other situation that has befallen them, maybe not necessarily anyone that they know. It could be other to do with other matters um, of other beings in the spirit world and that they're just being interfering. Sure. Okay. And I've got a question now. Uh, it's completely out of context for everything else. Um, Absolutely. We, we did a show uh, quite a while back where we spoke about crop circles and, uh, we, yeah. you know, we, we caught, kind of covered the idea that you spoke about that the spirit um, doing it. And, and also there are obviously kind of ET groups doing it as well, but you sound by and large it's um, spirit doing it. Um, 
Now, was, and, sorry, go and, on. And people too. Oh, good. Okay, because the, the question I wanted to ask was um, <clears throat> there was a documentary on recently where um, a guy was going around, going around interviewing different people um, on everything from UFOs to um, aliens appearing and crop circles, and he went to this place in England called the Barge Inn, which is where it's like a hive of activity where people go to visit the crop circles and talk to people. And there was these people in there that claimed to be the people that cre- created the majority of the crop circles. And, yeah. the, and then all the other crop circles, which is the minority, are done by somebody else, but they have no, no idea who does them. But, but basically what he was saying was that all the simple ones are done by I... the unknown people and all the complex ones are done by humans. I don't know whether he was a, a he was planted in there to try and debunk it, or whether he was speaking the truth or not. Yes, I understand that, and the point is that much of it is the orchestrated work of a group of individuals who have made it their business to create these geometric uh, patterns and situations as as though they were illuminations of. See, I told you so. Um, uh, situations of the universe uh, may be depicting certain uh, forms of constellation or certain forms of galactic display as so as to bring about a kind of a conformity of uh, uh, this kind of uh, display of extraterrestrial thinking um, in order to denote, uh, to bring about some kind of a communication field to humankind like the aliens are coming or something like that. Yeah. So what, what would you say the percentage ratio is between genuine phenomena, uh, creation of crop circles, and humans doing it? Um, it? It's actually quite difficult to tell, my dear friend. And I make no excuses here. Purely and simply, we cannot be everywhere at once. Yeah. And that, and that what actually happens is when you have a crop circle, it you really need to have uh, we would have to sort of, in in a sense, go in and ascertain the energy to understand whether it was human, physical, human spirit, or whether it was to do with alien interaction that is extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial to see uh, what the magnetism of the particular place was, the uh, jurisdiction of the various different ley line activity, and how that interplayed with uh, any situations of contiguous phenomena that may either be arriving within the climate or other some other such structure, perhaps electro electromagnetic or static force. So, could you answer this question? Um, hopefully, uh, how, I mean, how long does it take spirit to create a formation that's um, say five hundred feet by five hundred feet or, or larger? Well, it can be cr- uh, created quite quickly, particularly with orb work. I have to say that the, um, uh, the situation at this present time can be that spirit, uh, if uh, actually observed at the time, would be seen as like as though it were a bolt of lightning or a piece of chain lightning or something like that, which is actually structured and hovering perhaps at around a meter or so off the ground. And that would be a completely bright white uh, illuminate object about the size of a 
large tennis ball or something like that and that would have a node attached to it almost as though it has like a root that is displayed off into one direction upward downward or just simply that disappears this would usually be something that was structured through the spirit world yeah and would be a telltale sign of that uh, other situations uh, and in that respect it would be that perhaps it would structure it within about 20 to 40 minutes if if humans were doing the crop circles um, I understand from what I watched on TV that, that they claim to create a 500 foot structure extremely complex with three people in about five hours overnight yes that's what I understand, yes. Yeah. And it's quite simple to do. It's like uh, mapping out of uh, graph paper and simply understanding the route of, of how it is carried out. Yes. So are they using the, the, the method of boards and, and a piece of string? They may be doing that or other objects or using other implements to do it, yes. Sure, okay. Absolutely so. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, friend, that situations usually, if they are done by alien people or beings from another world, they will usually have a, a, a different telltale sign upon the bottom of the uh, crop itself that it will be have a charred appearance, a slightly charged, charred or singed appearance, like it has been charged with a different atmospheric. Right. And if humans do it, do they generally break the nodes and, um, and, de and the crop becomes damaged? If if human beings do it, yes, that's quite true. Or it might be that if the crop itself is quite willowy, green, then it won't hopefully be as damaged as though it, it would be in a, any other situation. Because also the other one is that the nodes seem to heat up as if them, some kind of heat and steam is built up and it blows out holes through the nodes. Yes, that is true too, yes. And that can happen purely and simply if there is too much energy still left within the plant. Right. And is that generated through spirit or ET, roughly? Or wouldn't you know? It, it really depends upon each situation, friend. We would have to analyse it. And purely it's a matter of the residual energy left behind. Sure. Okay. It's, it's just this, you know, a lot of people get um, a lot of... I don't know. Uh, I suppose comfort is the wrong word, really, but it's like it's the nearest thing we've got to to grasping that there is other life out there, whether that be extraterrestrial, spirit form, ultra, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. And to know that there are humans out there actually doing this stuff as well is a bit annoying. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the point is that, unfortunately, as well, if you have people who own the land who are actually really fearsomely uh, uh, in a sense guarding against these situations so that for example once a, a circle has been done you find that uh, uh, some kind of security cordon is thrown up around it it means you cannot analyze what has gone on so there clearly needs to be some kind of analytical body that is able to go into these events to then actually analyze soil, analyze the plants themselves, take readings, simple readings of electromagnetic or static forces, perhaps especially if 
the ground or terrain was known of before, perhaps to do with ley line activity and that kind of thing, to then ascertain what the changes are between previous uh, situations or when these events have happened and when they are simply dormant. Hmm. For example, that would be a very good, interesting uh, part of the analytical process and also the experiment. Sure. Well, the other thing, of course, is if um, if they're just purely guys with boards in in, in every single case, um, why would the military, you know, fly helicopters over them? Why would they be so interested? Oh yes, in quite them? so. No, absolutely. I agree with you. I, I hear exactly what you are saying, dear friend, and I absolutely concur with that. That's my point, really that if they are in protection then of certain circles, that means to say it actually throws the onus into a deeper ravine in uh, respect of what they're trying to keep, what some groups of people are trying to keep other groups of people away from. Yeah, I've seen some really good footage by a guy called... um... I think it's Andrew Collins or Colin Andrews. <laughs> I can't remember which way around. Colin Andrews. And um, they have got footage of a plasma disc orb flying around the field. Um, just, I think it was about to create a crop circle. Or just, or, yes. And then you see these two military black helicopters come in yes. um, chasing the, black, the, the white disc. And then yes. as one's chasing the disc, the other helicopter comes in to try and intimidate them from filming. Yes, the, that's right. And that's what I'm talking about, you see, my friend? Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm saying that the situation with the plasmic disks and uh, various different structures that the spirit world are able to use means that the manifestation of these is becoming time critical. So it's all credit to our friend there in order to um, actually be able to get the pictures and also to actually pick up the fact of the instruments the spirit world are using in order to structure them. Yeah. Can I just ask you, why did you say time critical then? Well, time critical in that respect of uh, that it, it means that if these events are taking place at the time that they are being filmed or focused upon, then that's something purely and simply that the spirit world are trying to manifest. They're trying to help that person uh, to understand more about the circles and the events behind them, particularly, I would have to say, to do with the wisdom group, maybe, that are to do with the events of these circles. Mm. I know there's been many groups out there that have done group meditations, and then the symbol they meditated on then appears in a field the very next day. Yes, absolutely so. That's right. Yeah. As answer to them. Yeah, because I, th- I think we're going to try this as well in, in the summer. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Right, okay, brilliant. Um, I think we're, we're on the hour now, so um, fan- fantastic um, show. Thank you very much for answering those questions. I'm sure those people will be very happy. So um, once again, thank you, Gregory. Thank you so with love, light and blessings upon your pathway, every single one of you. God bless upon your journeys, dear friend. Warriors of the truth, yes, so you are. Thank you, God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.